Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Good, happy Monday morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I'm recording this on Sunday, and let me tell you guys, this is the first time since November that I've sat down to record this podcast, and I've hit the record button, and the microphone was just perfect. Like, it didn't sound like I was sitting inside of a fishbowl. I'm so excited about this. Happy Monday. Are you guys having a wonderful start to your spring I had a wonderful weekend with a lot of miles that I got in, and I'm so happy about it, and I wanted to talk to you guys today just about about life, about, about things. I wanted to talk to you guys about a realization that I had. Well, I didn't really have it this weekend, but I had it recently, and I really came to terms with it through my recovery um, when I stopped drinking. And the realization just helped me so much because throughout my life as an alcoholic, and I'm going to say alcoholic, and when I say alcoholic, I mean I had a problem with alcohol. And I think I talked about this in my episode, Eliminating the Rock Bottom, where I talked about how We don't necessarily need to get to the point where we are completely non-functional to tell everybody that we have a problem and we want to drink less. And when I was finished drinking, I was drinking about, I don't know, two days a week. And I still, even though I was only drinking about two days a week, I still came to the realization that I had a drinking problem. I am an alcoholic and I needed to... I needed to make some changes. And before before that had happened, things were considerably more difficult for me because I was in this mindset that I was so different from everybody else, that I was so unique and everything about me was just it, it was just it was special. I mean, I had a completely unique situation. I was, I don't know what kind of bullshit I, I said. Well, it was probably shit like, oh, you know, my family fucked me up or oh, I'm, I'm really smart or something like that. I always, always was, was too different. I was too different to seek out the help that I needed. I, I didn't even want to join any communities I was so, and I still, I still avoid communities. I, the reason, I, I didn't really segue well into 
the realization, but this weekend something happened to me where I I was participating in a group and I have a hard time participating in groups because I'm so new to the group dynamic because for fucking 30 years of my life, I didn't participate in groups. Like even as a child, I I didn't play team sports and I wasn't a part of like Girl Scouts when I was a kid. Like I I went to one Girl Scouts meeting and they mentioned God and my parents were atheists and I said, Mom, they talk about God and I don't like God and I don't want to be here. And that, that was my upbringing. To avoid groups. So I had kind of, without my knowing, had padded myself in this idea that I was different from everyone else. And part of the realization and the road to recovery was realizing that I am not that different from anybody else. In fact, I'm more like other humans than I am not like other humans. One of my friends, when I first began my recovery journey I'm gonna say recovery journey when I first stopped drinking he mentioned to me the concept of terminal uniqueness which I had never heard before and when I talk about terminal uniqueness I want you guys to know that it's common and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a narcissistic personality disorder I know that sometimes people like to lump those two things together but that's not really what it means I mean it just means that you know people with terminal uniqueness tend to feel that they have situations in their lives that make it so that they are different from everyone and thus they they can't be helped there is something different about their situation that makes them unable to receive help and unable to achieve sobriety or or whatever it is and I'm not just just talking about alcohol here there are people that have um disordered relationships with food that also feel that way in fact you know just recently I was speaking to somebody who is in one of those situations and this person said to me that they on their road to recovery have noticed that all of their friends um are, quote, just as fucked up as they are, end quote. And (laughs) this person, um, in this conversation, I said, well, of course they are. Did you think that you were in the minority? You're in the majority. (laughs) But we like to think, before we reach out for help, we like to think that there's something with us that makes us so different than other people, that for us, we we are completely different. Um, let's talk about mothers, for example. Let's talk about mothers. Mothers fuck up their daughters. Like, we all know that. In fact, I was just talking to my mother about this recently. I have a very good relationship with my mother, by the way. I really do. I was just talking to my mother about this recently because we were talking about the dynamic between mothers and daughters. And mothers, just as a rule, I don't have a daughter. Uh, if I did, I would probably be responsible for, I don't know, 80% of the thing, <laughs> the problems that my daughter had, if I had a daughter. And, you know, th- this is where a lot of things start because what do you do? You emulate your mother from a young age. So, And we're not perfect. We're human beings. We're just human beings. Humans are, are imperfect. They're flawed. And... um they are. They're just flawed. And so these things kind of happen. But before we we start this process of unlearning things that are not serving us and journeying into our recovery, we tend to think that we are the only one, that we are the person, that nobody else is like us, that nobody can help us, that things went so bad for us. And that's just, that, that's just not the case. 
So terminal uniqueness, it's a, it's a term. We, people with substance use disorder, that's used a lot. Um, and there's all different characteristics. I mean, it's just this constant comparison to people in recovery. And then they, they often want to say exactly what I said, that they, that they are different, that nobody understands them, that nobody has it as bad as they do. I never even noticed that this was a thing with me. And then as I got into uh, recovery, I noticed that the people that I knew that were drinking pretty heavily, those people, those people would say that stuff all the time. They said that stuff all the time. And I was like, oh my God, like I was like that. I was like that. I was the person that said that I was so different. And you know what I, I got about this? Like this is something, what I got about this. What is that even? Stumbling on, on my words. What I figured out about this um, with, this is obviously, I, I know I have listeners that are international, so I don't know if you guys, how y'all feel about Americans, but America is a culture of staunch individuality, staunch individuality, completely, the United States of America, um, that sometimes goes to our detriment as we, as we saw during COVID. We, we don't really like, we don't really like to not be individuals. We don't really like to to entertain the idea that we could just be a member of the collective. Like I know that human beings are herd animals. This is something that I learned over the course of the pandemic when I was spending a lot of time in these wellness communities. There's a lot of talk about us being herd animals and, you know, building a tribe and all of those things are really useful. But we are a culture of staunch individuality and we want to be fucking special. We want to think that there's something there's something unique about us that makes us so great. And there are things that make you great. Like there are things that make you great. And I, I, Andy Scarantino, am a fucking oddball. Like I'm, I'm, listen to me. I mean, of course I'm an individual. I'm, I'm an individual in so many ways. And there are so many things about me that make me awesome and great. And yet, in terms of my behaviors regarding my my substance use disorder and my former body image issues that actually I, I think of myself as so far removed from body image issues. Like I, I think of myself as I am recovered from that because it is so rare that a thought that is negative about my body pops into my mind. But I did this series of reflection photos throughout the pandemic. They took place over 51 weeks. And what? And I put little captions for them. It's on my Instagram, um, underscore get the fuck off. You can see them all there. And I, I, put, I put them. And I noticed that in the beginning, um, and even towards the middle of the pandemic, I was still making comments about my own body. I don't even think that I, I don't even, I don't think negatively about my body at all, but yet I was writing things like, oh, I look extra chubby today. Oh, I ate too many chocolate eggs. And I'm thinking, where the fuck is that coming from? Like, I don't think negatively about my body, but, but yet I am writing this. Anyway, that was an aside, but what I like to think of my behaviors in terms of substance use disorders and body image issues and all that stuff. I like to think, oh, I'm, I'm so unique. But I'm not. I'm just like every other person that has not every, like, we're not all the same. But I'm more the same than I am different. And that's, that's something that I had to learn. But you know what else, guys? Here's the thing about learning that. That gives you so much power. 
it gives you so much power. And I'm going to give you a great example. I had this conversation with two people last week about the phenomenon of just having one drink and this idea of there are there are several books so one of the books that I the first sobriety book that I ever read I've mentioned this book before was called Alcohol Explained by William Porter and I mentioned it in a conversation at two conversations this week with friends uh the reason why is because that was where I learned about the why behind the one drink phenomenon like why can't I just have one drink why can't I record one podcast without my neighbor's squeaky door being in the background have you guys noticed that it's every week it's amazing anyway let's talk about that book so that book was the first the first gateway for me to understand that there wasn't something that was wrong with me that this was just a scientific chemical thing that happens to people that have habitually drank in excess over time. And I was talking to a friend this week that said, you know, some people can just have a drink and I'm not one of those people. And I said, and, you know, and I think they, um, I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but they alluded to the fact that they, they needed to have another drink when they were finished with one drink. And I said, yeah, that's everybody. That's not just you. Like, you're not the only person that experiences that. I had another conversation with a friend that was talking about her husband. Same thing. This person can't just have one drink. And I'm like, it's not just him. It's everybody. Now, I know what you guys are going to say if you're not. Well, first of all, if you're listening to this, you're probably somebody that, that struggles with this. But even if you're just listening to this because you like the sound of my voice, here's something to know. This is, if you are a person that can do this, great. But... Also, if you're a person that can just have one drink, you're probably somebody that hasn't like really hit it hard for 20 years of your life because what happens when you're drinking to excess is that your brain over the course of time learns. It learns. So when you have a drink, it releases this rush of chemicals, stimulants, dopamine, just boom. It's a rush. It just, it, and it anticipates how much you are going to drink and it reacts accordingly. Because when you're used to drinking, let's say if you're a person, God forbid, and I've mentioned this before, drinking a fifth of whatever the fuck every night. And if you're doing that, like I, I would strongly, strongly, strongly suggest that you get some help no no stigma here I just just want everybody to have beautiful livers <laughs> that's how I feel um but I do I, I want you all to feel good but um if you're a person that's drinking let's say not even to that extreme if you're drinking 10 beers a night and you do that for a bunch of years you know you're hitting it hard drinking 10 beers every night What's going to happen? Your brain's going to get used to that. So your brain just releases that that amount um, to kind of counteract that. Alcohol is a serious depressant. So what's what's happening then? So what happens is all of those chemicals wear off pretty quickly. And what happens with that is that you get a subsequent feeling of anxiety. You feel very uneasy. You feel fidgety. You feel like, ooh, you feel a little bit shaky sometimes. Not like physically shaky, but you just, you just don't feel right. You just don't feel right. Like how many of you have been binge drinkers and then try to have one drink and you're done with the one drink and you're like, why do I want another drink so badly at this point? Because you're having anxiety because of chemicals that your brain released 
Like it's it's not you. It's your brain. And your brain was trained over years of habitual drinking to excess. That's what happened. So you get these people, right? They have They have one beer every day. And they say to you, well, I can just drink one beer. Why don't you have the willpower? First of all, tell those people to go fuck themselves. The reason that they're like that, sure, I'm sure they've binge drank once or twice in their life, but the reason that they're like that is because they're only having one beer. So their brain anticipates that they're going to have one beer. So they do get the feeling of anxiety, but their feeling of anxiety is nowhere near where yours is because their use over time is nowhere near where yours is. I mean, this is a little bit this is a little bit different than the concept of terminal uniqueness, but what this is I'm trying to tell you with this is that you're not all that different. So there's you're not there's power in knowing that you're like everybody else in a lot of ways. Even if you feel like you're so different than other people, you're not so different than other people. You're more alike with those other people than you are different. Like you have more in common with those people than you don't. So it's, we, we tend to, especially alcoholics, but like everybody that feels like there's something wrong with them and there's nothing wrong with you, but you know, when, we're, when there's a little, when we're struggling with something, we like to think that there's something quote wrong with us. And that's just not, when you, when you feel that way, the, the last thing you want to do is go and talk to people about it. Let me, let, let's, let's go have a conversation about it. <laughs> but that's what you need to be doing because when you're having those conversations, then you realize, oh, fuck. I'm not all that different. Imagine that. Imagine that. And then you just get this feeling of power. Like you can overcome that shit. You can overcome it. Community is so important. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, I mean, it doesn't have to be an in-person community. There are lots of support groups for people that are struggling with any sort of anything. And you can find community that the internet is a gold mine. For community. So you, you can find it. But I, I strongly encourage you guys to find it. I encourage you to seek out people that are the same. And try to realize that you are the same. And seek out those people that can help you. Because chances are you have more in common with them than you think. And when you all can kind of realize that that you've had the wool pulled over your eyes for this long... You can start to be like, oh, shit, okay, I can, I can start waking up. I can start acknowledging what, what this is, and it's great. I mean, it's absolutely great. It's such a powerful feeling, and it's something that I needed for so long. I lived in the dark for so long thinking, oh, there's just, I'm just so, and I'll be honest, like people, people in my life didn't help. And you know what also people in your life a lot of the times and is that the people that are close to you, or when you first start out with all of this, the people that are close to you often are not a help because they're going through the same damn thing. So a lot of times it just becomes, okay, well, we're fucked up, but we're fucked up together. <laughs> you're all, but you're not really trying to help each other. You're more like, well, I'm fucked up because this happened and I'm different. And then you get the person next to you. Well, yeah, I'm fine. And what? And nothing. You're all the same. You're not all the same. Yeah, the sociologist in me. We, 
I love to put people in boxes with sweeping generalizations, which sometimes can go to my detriment. And I have, so I do recognize that people are individuals, but then I also recognize that there are underlying rules and patterns to society. And yet, even though I do that, I always want to exclude myself from the equation. I actually, I wrote to a friend this weekend and I said, I understand that I am like other humans. I feel like I'm so different, but I know that I'm like other humans. So getting yourself into a situation where you can have conversations with other humans about these things is the most powerful position that you can put yourself in. And I would like to start having conversations with you guys. To be very honest with you, I really would love to hear from you guys if you are struggling with something, if you want to talk something out, if you're not sure. And this doesn't have to be like fucking, it doesn't have to be alcohol. Like, I mean, you could just be struggling with the fact that you, that you eat too much ice cream. Like, reach out. You think I don't have an ice cream problem? What do you think I did after my long run yesterday? I mean, like, let's get talking. Let's have a conversation. Reach out to me. My email address is Andy, A-N-D-E-E, two E's. I got to be different, unique. Here we are. Uh, Andy, E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. Or my website, getthefuckoff.com. You can get on my email list there, and then you'll get stuff from me every week. And a lot of it is going to be applicable to – I have little boxes that you can check so you guys can um, decide what you want to hear more about. I've been saying this for like three months, but it's just getting to a point where I finally am going to be able to start segregating that content. So let's say people that are smoking. You know, if people don't smoke, they're certainly not going to want to read about cigarette smoking. So I, I'm, I'm just getting to a point where I'm going to be able to start segregating that content more. I appreciate you guys sticking with me for that, that process while I have started building. Um, I also have a great email series just about a lot of the information that I needed to learn when I was getting my shit together three years ago. It, it's, it's really information packed it's called the drunken fat to fit and fierce in 10 days free email series and i will put a link to that in the description of this podcast but i hope you guys are having a great start to your spring it was 60 degrees in new york city this weekend and it was nice and despite my incessant bitching about where i live for the entire month of february i'm surprised that people haven't called me out more on it uh, it was really nice to start seeing things come back to life. Compared to last March, it's just been like a stark comparison, like just just night and day. And it's been it's been really it's been really something. So it's been really interesting to see and to watch the revitalization. Even though this is going to take a long time, it's been really nice. So I I am filled with gratitude for that. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I'm going to see you guys back here next Monday. Until then, definitely check out getthefuckoff.com and you can listen to all my other podcasts there, read my blog, all that good stuff, get on my email list. And I will talk to you guys really, really, really soon. Stay safe, take care.